Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about VJ Day. So grab your unconditional surrender. And let's get civical. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I am Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Wallentowski. And the war is over. Congratulations to the allies. <laughs> oh, once again, it's their second win of the season. Two for two. Two for two. Two for two. Two for this- two in this one. This one we played down and dirty. Oh, yeah. This this was very, uh, very profound. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because this time last year, which this is actually an episode that pairs super well with this episode, we did one on the atomic bomb. And so definitely go listen to that after mm-hmm. you listen to this episode because they're all intertwined. Mm-hmm. And we they're do all talk- intertwined. They're intertwined. We're going to talk again briefly about the droppings of the atomic bombs sure. because you can't talk sure. about the war in the pacific without talking about hiroshima and nagasaki so for sure right for sure, sure. <laughs> but we are doing another world war ii episode i mean just like in cinema the episodes are endless the stories are endless I mean... on what you can talk about this war and we just continue to chip away we're chipping I mean, away we're chipping away. It's it's to say it's my favorite war is a fucked up thing to say, but mm. I the whole there's so much about this war in general, not just the the Pacific side of it, but it's just so full of like heartache and and humanity and the worst of yeah. humanity and the best of humanity. I mean, it's like the biggest and just the scale of it and the horribleness of it is so kind of you know incomprehensive that it's just infinitely fascinating yeah i agree i think it is like an onion Mm -hmm. that you just keep peeling and peeling and peeling back at the layers of the complexity of what was happening yeah on a very grand scale on a scale that i think we've never even like come slightly even a little bit close to before or since no 
Like, there's just, there's really nothing that I can think of that whole, even World War One. I, I don't think, holds uh, the same level of, I don't know, like, oomph as World War Two. Even right. though it was a world war. I think World War Two blew World War One out of the water. Correct. Because World War One was you know, horrible in its own way. But I but I mean, I I'm sure this is a fault of our uh collective American education. Like, I don't really know why World War One happened. Mm. I just know that like Franz Ferdinand was killed and people didn't like that. People don't like that. Germany was up to no good. Germany was up to no good. And I, yeah. you know, so we should do, actually, we should do more episodes on World War, World War I. Because I... It's true. It's true. Because I, I really, I mean, I guess maybe I might learn about it and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess I knew that. But I can't pinpoint it. Whereas this is like, <laughs> Hitler and the Nazis were putting people in camps and murdering them based on their religion or political affiliation. Mm-hmm. And that's immoral. I mean, it's very clear. And right. as much as people wanted to deny what was happening, people knew what was happening, even if they weren't willing right. to admit it. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, th- there, there's that fight. And then we'll talk about it a, a little in a little bit, you know, but the fight with Japan is, is like the old story of, we want to expand mm-hmm. <laughs> like we, we want to, we want to take over some stuff. I mean, that's, you know, except they're, you know, doing it at a time where like all of the stuff is taken over already and then you're <laughs> on somebody else's territory. It's already been claimed. It's already been claimed <laughs> and reclaimed from people who had it before and reclaimed from people who Correct. had it before. And Correct. now we have nuclear weapons. Like you went about this at the wrong time. <laughs> right, right, right. This was not, this was not your time to shine. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about it. And I yeah. and I agree with you. I think coming up, and this is a note for our sweet intern Houston, who we love and Hi, adore. Houston. Hello, Houston. Hi. We love you so much. You know that. Shout out to Houston. Put on the list World War One. An overview. Why? <laughs> World War One. Dash. Why? <laughs> why? 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 Why this world war? Other than Franz Ferdinand, Ferdinand shot. Yeah. But today is about World War II, and we're talking about VJ Day, Victory Over Japan Day. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Before we jump in, I want to remind you all to rate, review, and subscribe if you like what you hear. And if you don't, please don't say anything mean. Okay. Okay. I just, uh, now that you do that at the top, too... Mm. I always dance in support yeah. of your announcement. And that's just for it's you because like nobody else can see it. Nobody else. It's just for me. It's just for we you. We often do gestures that are just for each other. It's so true. Yeah. Like this one. Like where you get, really close, get really close to the camera. I do, yeah. To emphasize what you're saying. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I do that a lot. <laughs> All right. Shall we talk about the sources for today's episode? I suppose. I suppose. So a lot of information is coming from World, the World War II Museum. Great. Seemed appropriate. History.com, also a pro. 
Obviously. Obviously. And then a few little bits of writing from Jack Perry at Providence Journal, Providence, Rhode Island. And you'll see sure. why in a second. You'll see why at the I'm end excited. of the episode. Yeah. 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 I'm excited to see what Rhode Island has to offer, have, has to offer us. Okay. Can't speak. Yes. Can't speak. It's a good thing you're a podcaster. I know. I know. My it's my it's my curse to bear that I can't read or talk. <laughs> <laughs> and yet thrive in front of a microphone. And thrive, 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 thrive. All right, let's talk about what is she? What is VJ Day? So on August 14th, 1945, it was announced that Japan had surrendered unconditionally to the Allies, effectively ending World War II. Since then, both August 14th and August 15th have been known as Victory Over Japan Day, or simply VJ Day. The term has also been used for September 2nd, 1945, when Japan's formal surrender took place aboard the USS Missouri, anchored in Tokyo Bay. Shout out to the state of Missouri. Woo! It's close in my heart. Coming several months after the surrender of Nazi Germany, Japan's capitulation in the Pacific brought six years of hostilities to a final and highly anticipated close. So very important to highlight that Nazi Germany surrendered before. Before. And Japan was like, we're going to keep going. Mm -hmm. We're going to keep going. Yep. And then we'll talk about what we did to get them to sort of... um, Stop. Stop. And... Questionable actions. Questionable actions. I, well, I guess I'll say the thing at the end that I was going to say, because it, it ties into a, a more or less fun fact at the end. Oh, okay. Put a pin in the fun fact. We pin. love putting well, pins in them. It's not a fun fact. It's more just amusing that I have <laughs> about the name VJ Day. I'll just say it now. It, like, I, okay. to me, I just, like, Vagina Day is what I I see. do think of Vagina Okay, thank well. you so much. Thank you so much. I absolutely think of Vagina. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, why you know? is this Vagina Day? Vagina Day. Vagina Day. Every VJ. day is Vagina Shout out to day. Vaginas everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Doing the work. <laughs> Doing the work. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, and I didn't put this in here, but I'll just say a quick aside about why it why it differs the 14th or the 15th of august is is just time zones sure just a time zone thing that's just that's 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 just that's just it that's just it honestly i'm like legit everybody you know europe was asleep right and we weren't right and then they woke up and then they had a celebration and then they partied party hardy yeah 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 i'm surprised it doesn't happen more often i know yeah so let's talk about how we got to VJ Day. As Japan, this is so. This is this is like what was Japan doing mm. that people didn't like? I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> As Japan industrialized during the late 19th century, it sought to imitate Western countries like Udaestat which had established colonies in Asia and the Pacific to secure natural resources and markets for their goods. They're legit just like, we want a piece of the pie. Yeah. Yes. You can't have all of the pie. Rude. Uh, But wait, we can. But we can can. have all the pie. Uh Uh-huh. 
Japan's process of imperial expansion, however, put on a, put it on a collision course with the United States, particularly particularly in relation to China. While the United States and Japan jockeyed peaceably for influence in Eastern Asia for many years, the situation changed in 1931. That year, Japan took its first step toward building a Japanese empire in Eastern Asia by invading Manchuria, a fertile, resource-rich province in northern China. So they're they're pulling a Russia. Yeah, they're pulling a Russia. They're pulling a Germany going into Poland. Like, you mm-hmm. can't... You just can't invade. No. No. You know? You, you, you send people far away mm-hmm. and you conquer. <laughs> <laughs> you, take, you take a page out of the British book. And you and, send and people s- far away, conquer the people there. Sail. You set mm-hmm. sail. And then eventually you lose that goal because those people are like, you're far away from where we live, so we're not going to listen to you. Expansion just is always, I'm not going to say it's not a good idea, but I just always feel like why why leaders continue to do it when they know probably full well, like statistically speaking, 10 out of 10 not going to work. Right. You know, or it's not going to get them what they want, or it's not going to get them what they want in their lifetime, or it's so... I just, as a leader, I would be like, we're good. Everybody got food, water, shelter. Right. I feel I feel good with what Netflix. we have. I feel good with what we have. I'm totally chill. fine. But we are reasonable. We're reasonable people. Also, I bet that's how you get invaded. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. You know, all of these you are know. fair points. And why we should be at the table when talking foreign policy. It's and really... international relations. It's so unbelievable we've never been asked. I know. It's rude. So Japan has invaded Mancuria, and everybody is not too happy about it. But the United States refused to recognize the new regime in Mancuria or any other forced upon China under the Stimson Doctrine. Mm. On, the, on the one hand, the doctrine took a principled stand in support of Chinese sovereignty and against increasing militaristic Japanese regime. However, on the other hand, it failed to bolster that stand with either material consequences for Japan or meaningful support for China. This is very Yudaresta during sounds, this time of just like, like us. stop. Mm-hmm. Stop. If you don't stop, I'm going to get very angry. I'm going to be super mad if you don't stop. Super and mad. And nobody stopped. That's exactly what happened with Hitler. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what happened with Japan. Yep. It's just like... We're like, hey, hey, we have a doctrine. Did you Did not you read, read it? the doctrine? It's Come right on. here. I'll read it to you. Read the doctrine. Don't do that. But a powerful isolationist movement in the United States countered that the na- that the nation should have no business at all in international conflicts developing around the world. Yeah. So the strong isolationist movement also influenced the initial U.S. approach to the war within Europe, where by the end of 1940, Nazi Germany controlled most of France, Central Europe, Scandinavia, and North Africa, and severely threatened Great Britain. Wild. It's wild how successful the first half of the war was for Nazi Germany. Oh, And how they did not end up closing the deal. Right. They had most of France, Central Europe, 
Scandinavia and Northern Africa. And, it's so and, and it was Great Britain that was like, hold the phone. <laughs> Bloody hell. Get off your governor. Get off our Shout out to Great Britain. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Let's talk specifically about the war in the Pacific. We focus so much on what's going on in Europe, obviously, because yep. atro- true atrocities were happening. But an entire theater of war was happening a theater. in the Pacific as well. Japan's devastating surprise aerial attack on the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor on Oahu, Hawaii, on December 7th, 1941, capped a decade of deteriorating relations between Japan and the United States and led to an immediate U.S. declaration of war the following day. We've done an episode on Pearl Harbor. Yes, you we can have. also pair that with this. 
yeah, can't, you can't, you can't come here and, and mess stuff up. You right. can do that elsewhere. Japan's ally Germany, led by Adolf Hitler, then declared war on the United States, turning the war raging in Europe into a truly global conflict. Over the next three years, superior technology and productivity allowed the Allies to wage an increasingly one-sided war against Japan and the Pacific, inflicting enormous casualties while suffering relatively few. So we are beating the shit out of Japan in the Pacific. Yep. By 1945, in an attempt to break Japanese resistance before a land invasion became necessary... The Allies were consistently bombarding Japan from air and sea, dropping some 100,000 tons of explosives on more than 60 Japanese cities and towns between March and July of 1945 alone. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. And Japan is not big. No. That's why I'm like, 60 cities and towns, so like two we didn't touch? I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's <laughs> profound. It's profound. It's profound. So Japan is wanting to expand. They've partnered with Germany to help them get there. The United States doesn't like that. Japan attacked Pearl Harbor. We've done multiple air and sea raids. Here we are. Japan, this is how they, they came to surrender, and they did it begrudgingly. They did not want to do it. Sure. So the Allied celebrations of victory on on Victory in Europe Day, VE Day, on May 8th, 1945, were subdued by the knowledge that the war raged on in the Pacific. As the fighting ended in Europe, U.S. troops were drawing a noose around the Japanese home islands, but there were ominous signs that Japan's fierce resistance would continue. The battles for Iwo Jima and Okinawa during the first half of 1945, were marked by spectacular carnage, and Americans were chastened by the knowledge that Japan had never surrendered to a foreign power and that no Japanese military unit had surrendered during World War II. That is ominous. I, yeah. 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 I mean, look, at this point, I'm like, I obviously don't agree with Japan in any any way you slice it in their involvement in World War II. But I can at least step back and appreciate that their approach to war was absolute. Because mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, if you're not willing to be absolute, what's the fucking point? Right, right, right. <laughs> you we know, want war, kind of. Give us, you know. And it just, I think it ultimately, what it ultimately became is who is willing to be more absolute. Because right. I think at this point, the allies were like, no, no, we're about, we're, we're going to level up on our absolution. Yeah. And we just happen to have nuclear weapons. Right. Like the you worst know. thing that Japan did, not just, not just the act of it and the death and the whatever, but the attack on Pearl, on Pearl Harbor, I feel like was absolutely the wrong move strategically for them because they didn't have anything to back it up yeah right because then they just they they kicked the beehive the bees all came out and they're now they're trying to run away and they have nowhere to go yeah we also have to remember like pearl harbor you know this is in 1941 this is when like everything's going right yeah for the axis powers essentially yeah so 
you know, you get a little big for your britches and you mm-hmm. and you think, okay, well, the United States is providing aid to our enemies. Therefore, let's punish them for that. Like, because yeah. we can handle whatever the retaliation is. Yeah. And I think they were just a little, a little big for their britches. A little big for their britches. In 1941. Overestimated you know. their own capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's what, you know, not to draw parallels to now, but I will. I think that's what makes the war good for you in Ukraine so so uh more like it just troubles me even further is because mm-hmm. we are playing a game of absolutes again and it's mm, yeah. you know and it's with you know, Putin, somebody who doesn't give a fuck, like all he wants is right, what he somebody wants. who it's like is this person actually willing to go to a further absolute than right. you know Ukraine or by extension, you know, w- will there ever be an actual retaliation against, you know, every, I guess all of the countries supporting Ukraine, including the U.S. Right. Like it, it brings it just brings me back to to Japan and, and the allies where it's these are two really hard headed forces and it took something horrific to yeah. happen to get one of them to back down. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We don't want that. No. We don't want that. Oh, man. We just got student loan relief passed. We don't want that. We need to... <laughs> we're, 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 we don't... Let me enjoy my 10K. Let me enjoy my 10K. Well, I can, you know, still pay off the rest of it. <laughs> so after Okinawa fell to U.S. forces on June 22nd, 1945... An invasion of the Japanese home islands was set to begin. Before the invasion was to take place, though, the most destructive war in history came to a shattering and rapid end. The Potsdam Declaration, issued by Allied leaders on July 26, 1945, called on Japan to surrender. If it did, it promised a peaceful government according to, quote, the freely expressed will of the Japanese people, close quote. If it did not, it would face, quote, prompt and utter destruction. So they had a warning. They were not lying. They were not lying. They, they were had not a lying. Warning. Yeah. It's like the I, I, meant, I I'm told like, you. Okay, now we know. If anybody's talking about a prompt and utter destruction, we know exactly what exactly they mean. Exactly what they mean. A prompt and utter destruction. It's like a parent who's like, if you don't pick up your toys, you do not get to go outside. Mm. And then the kid is like, I want to go outside. Well, you know what? Bobby, I still see... All of your X-Men laid out on the floor. I really, I really thought you were going to say, well, Bobby, here's a nuclear bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Yeah. It's so it bad. Took me, it took me an extra second to figure out a toy. And I don't know why I went with X-Men. It was just the thing that is so not anything that I care about that I think kids might play with. There you go. Yeah. That's what the youth is doing. That's what the youth is doing. They're playing with X-Men and Beyblades. The embattled Japanese government in Tokyo refused to surrender. And on August 6th, the B- the American B-29 plane Enola Gay dropped an atomic bomb on the hi- city of Hiroshima, killing more than 70,000 people and destroying a five-square-mile expanse of the city. Two days later, the Soviet Union declared war on Japan. Okay, welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. They're like, oh, they got bombs. Shoot. Shoot. <laughs> and we also uh, declare war. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're ready now. We also wish to aid in the fight now. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We also were mad. Sorry. Yes. 
Mm. Mm, bad, bad Japan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, and then three days later, the United States dropped a second atomic bomb on Nagasaki, killing another 40,000 people. Finally, recognizing that victory was impossible, yeah, the Japanese government accepted allied, allied surrender terms without qualifications on August 14, 1945. That same day, Harry, President Harry Truman announced from the White House that the Japanese acceptance met the terms laid down at the Potsdam Conference for Unconditional Surrender. As soon as the news of Japan's surrender was announced on August 14th, celebrations erupted across the United States. The United Kingdom announced that its official VJ Day would be the next day, August 14th, sure. 1945, because time zones. And Americans exuberantly joined in that day's merriment, too. They were like, we'll keep going! We'll keep going! Rage! Motherfucker, Rage! Yeah. Yeah. Whoo. So let's talk about the aftermath, because obviously a a dramatic end to a traumatic war, there's an aftermath. Mm-hmm. Many VJ Day celebrations fell out of favor over the years due to concerns about their being offensive to Japan, now one of America's closest allies and to Japanese Americans, as well as ambivalent feelings toward the nuclear devastation of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Fair. Fair. All fair. fair. We grew up a little bit, and we were like, these people are nice, and now they're our friends. And also, we put some of them in camps on our own territory. That sucks. We sure did. Ooh, we and gotta we do an episode a lot on that. Of them. <laughs> Yeah, we're due. We're due Japanese internment camps. Oh God, we have to do it for sure. For sure. For sure. sure. In 1995, the 50th anniversary of the end of World War II, the administration of President Bill Clinton referred not to VJ Day but to the quote end of the Pacific War end quote in its official remembrance ceremonies. Yeah. So we're just we're rebranding. We're rebranding. We're rebranding. This is when I was gonna, less pointed. Yes. This is when I was gonna slot in my personal vagina. My vagina. I was gonna <laughs> slot in my vagina, but <laughs> but it felt appropriate to say that at the top. Yeah. We're all thinking it. Might as well say it. Right. Thank you. I have. I, I'm glad that there's somebody else, and I'm glad it's you who sees VJ Day and thinks vagina of day. The VJ, the VJJ. That's why. The JJ. Oh, that is why. That's why. That's why we figured it out. We cracked the code. Yep. That's why. The decision sparked complaints that Clinton was being overly deferential to Japan and that the euphemism displayed insensitivity to U.S. veterans who, as prisoners of war, suffered greatly at the hands of Japanese forces. Uh, Yes. I I agree with that. I mean... Not a vet. I think I'm sure there's validity to. I'm sure there were veterans who were like, yeah. who who always saw Japanese right people, you know, people of Japan as the enemy. Right, it's like what trauma. Right, and not saying that's not valid, but I also think that it's not disrespectful to, especially at this point. Yes. I mean, we're moving on with Germany. We're moving right. on with Japan. You know, it's right. there's. It's not like right. it's not anti-Germany Day. You no. know, it's like victory in Europe. It's not right. victory against Japan or victory against Germany Day. Right. So right. it's right. just 
acknowledging that our relations are getting better. Right. And and because things change over time. It's like when I was growing up, I remember probably around this time, you know, the mid 90s, early mid 90s. I remember, you know, not like some of my immediate family members, but then also, um, you know, more distant ones who like they would say things like, I'm never buying a German car, you know, or like I'm only going to buy like cars for whatever was the way that it came out because Germany manufactures in Japan, obviously. Sure. You know. But they were like only Ford, only, you know, and I grew up in Toledo, which is a car town. But yeah, the, but it, it was clearly like not it wasn't like they weren't going to buy Russian cars. You know what I mean? It was these two yeah. countries. And yeah. I was like, why not Japan? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Uh. This was how many? This was fifty years ago. It's a car. What if it's cheaper? <laughs> and also, aren't they better? I don't understand. Be practical. Be practical. Be practical. <laughs> it was so weird. I never understood that. Rhode Island is the only state with a holiday dedicated to VJ Day. Its official name is Victory Day. It is celebrated on the second Monday in August. So this is how we Rhode Island becomes. Significant is that they actually still celebrate BJ they, Day. They Victory celebrate Day it. Yeah, it's like one of Japan. Yeah, I think it's like one of their like 11, 10 or 11 state holidays. And they like, there's stuff that happens on happens on beaches. Ah. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. Rhode Island is the only state that observes this. And it's come under criticism in recent years. Critics have said it singles out the Japanese people, and it also celebrates the use of atomic bombs at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which led to Japan's surrender. Again, both of yeah. those things are fair. Yeah. It is true. I yeah. mean, you can't have one without the other. Yep. Supporters note that the United States went to war with Japan only after the attack on Pearl Harbor, and many Rhode Islanders fought and died in the war. Right. I'm like, I getcha. Yeah. We didn't ask to be a part of this. They they did correct. They did start it. They did start they it. They did start it. Yeah. However, we did finish it. Right. In, I think, probably the most morally questionable act of war ever seen oh yeah in any war this is like like you know putting the holocaust aside as far as like military combat right 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 i don't want those two things to be conflated right that's that's like civilian atrocities and and and, yeah you know political like anti-nazi anti you know hitler people um were also you know put in camps and imprisoned and stuff but yes like military to military Military to military, this yeah. is, Whew. yeah. Because even I would say again, and like I'm obviously pro United States in World War Two, but Japan attacked military base. Yeah, it's true. You we know? attacked cities where people lived. Yeah, I mean, we killed seventy thousand civilians. Actually, more than more that. than that. Between the two, we killed over a hundred thousand civilians. Yeah, yeah. In two days. Yeah. Two days, yeah, you guys. Yeah, I don't know if we need to be celebrating this. Like, I'm glad that we won the war, obviously, right. but right. we have to. I think, I think you can also have ownership over <laughs> what w- what had to be done. Like, you know, that's something I feel like we always have to carry because it introduced nuclear weapons into a war uh, scenario, which right. now, right, bringing it back to modern day, 
everybody's so stressed out that like Russia has nuclear weapons or China has nuclear weapons. It's yeah. like it totally brought us to a next level of what war could actually mean for humanity. Right. And and not you know. that those countries wouldn't have gotten those weapons or figured out how to make them and build them. Yeah. Without having a without the United States dropping the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But it just makes negotiations harder now because you can't tell so it's harder for us to say to a country, you can't have them. Or you right, or you can't have use them, them. Or you can't use them. You shouldn't use them when we're the ones that have used them. Yeah. Truly the you only know? country. Yeah. That has ever used nuclear Yeah. I'm I don't know if you can tell. I'm so against nuclear weapons. I had no idea. Outrageous. So against it, that anybody can at me at. I'm like, if you're pro-nuclear weapons, <laughs> I don't think anybody should have them. I don't think they should exist. I don't even know I think. Be, I think, I think, like, if they exist, then yes, we should have them. But, like, I don't want them to exist. <laughs> no, 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 I don't want them to exist either. I don't want them to exist either. I, I, I guess, I, I mean, I just think, on one hand, I'm like, if one country has them, I understand that, like, other major countries with large amounts of people and big militaries. I understand why, like, even if you don't, I mean, it's like a child. Like if one kid has an ice cream, you all want an ice cream. I don't know yeah. why this entire episode, I'm equating everything to kids. To, to childhood things. Just, I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like it's working. Um, You know, like every kid wants an ice cream. Like yeah. that, you know, like, and so I get <laughs> Every kid to wants the it. ability to blow up the world. <laughs> it's true. Especially kids. The like true food. world. Yeah. Yeah. Because also, if we if we were somehow able to like get rid of them, because people signed you know the non proliferation treaty and got rid of all of their nukes or whatever, like they could still have them someplace. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. They could still hide it. And you could you could still hide it. You could still hide it. My nuclear weapon is in my pocket. It's in my yes. It's it. It's it's. I left it in the car. Great. Great. It's hot out there. I hope it doesn't go off. <laughs> I know. Uh, but you guys, that is the end of our VJ Day episode. Oh. The war is over in she the Pacific. Done. She done. Feel what you're going to feel about it. We've obviously been open about how we feel about it. Glad we won World War II. Can't yeah. say it enough. But whoo. Really wished we hadn't dropped the bombs. Yeah, just sound like uh, option number two, right? <laughs> you know, because I feel like we had the momentum. <laughs> right, we're right, right. The odds were ever in our favor. <laughs> yeah, but look, I wasn't Harry S. Truman. I wasn't there. So shout out to Harry S. Truman for ending the war. Um, but yes, that is the end of our episode. And as always, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.